This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila, Lynn and Sharad. First up, the role memes play in how we talk about politics. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here, I think. Um, and this had its roots a little bit in a pre-show discussion that we were having with Sherrod, actually, when we were talking about what constitutes a political meme. Because it, it's an interesting one, right? In some senses, if we think about... Well, Super Rings. Super Rings is my current favourite, so I'm just going to say Super Rings. Um, if we think about s- stuff like Super Rings or Can I Advise You Something, all of it has its roots in Malaysian current affairs and then gets co-opted into a variety of, of jokes or topics. Um, but the other way works as well, right, in which you have pre-existing memes that get a layer of Malaysian politics stuck on the front of it and then becomes a meme. But it's interesting in the ways that it influences the way we talk because it's like a shorthand. It's like a comedic shorthand that also is that also has a little bit of seriousness to it, I think. Yeah, it can be funny, but it can also be very dark, can't it? Mm-hmm. And, and, um, but just going back a little bit to the, I mean, to what a meme is, because I think sometimes we're a little confused about it, like, you know, people try to create memes, and uh, it's, it's something that maybe eludes, uh, you know, direct kind of agency. Uh, and I, I guess the idea is that genes, uh, kind of a biological uh, parallel to what a meme is, a meme, you know, reproduces meaning over time, uh, it might evolve or it might actually be quite uh, robust and remains um, uh, static in, in, in what the image might be. I mean, I guess the idea is that it plays on definitely humour, but it also plays on images or pop culture references that a core group of the audience already recognises. So uh, when we talk about specifically Malaysian memes, Supering is a great a great example because we all know, um, you know, Najib posting the Supering picture and then that's now taken on a life of its own and it's become shorthand for, um, I suppose, a, a gleeful bystander to something. Sometimes I think the other thing that happens is also that memes, because they come with pre-existing meaning, um, it's almost like some memes are pre-primed to be extra funny or, or extra acerbic just by the nature of what the original meme was. And I think sometimes that means that it does more heavy lifting, like the meme is doing more heavy lifting than the political joke that is trying to mm. be made. And that's that's also interesting because when I think about, for example, the cat at dinner meme, um, actually, I don't know <laughs> what we call that meme. I'm just going to call it cat at dinner and assume that people know what I'm talking about. Um, that one, I'm almost 30% of the way to laughing at it, just just by the virtue of the image. And whatever you put into it then becomes almost extra funny or is closer to being funny than if you used a different meme. I, I feel that way about the the South... Okay, I'm going to describe this as South Asian uncle with no hair standing in a jacket at a stadium with his hands on his hips. <laughs> that for me works with many other uh, frustrated, slightly annoyed... Um, and, and, you know, that can be converted very easily into a political message. So it, so memes could be an image like that or a sort of graphic representation. One of my favourites is because it's the, the couple that are walking and then the, the guys swing back, right, uh, and looking at a woman. So, And that has been used so... It's so um, productive of different types of messaging that, you know, I think it will stand for a long time. But I do want to ask you, what about, um, you know, like videos, like the Hitler bunker, uh, you know, clip? 
clip that's been used over and over again to de- describe all kinds of political scenarios. Is that a meme too? Is, is, it, is a meme just any cultural product? That can be shared easily. That can be shared. I I mean, we do have an expert coming on, but certainly to me, that qualifies as a meme because GIFs GIFs are memes. Um, It doesn't have to be a static image. But meaning has to be able to be transposed on it. I think that that's the key thing, that it has to be easily replicatable and that it can come to stand for any number of of meanings. Um, I look forward to being corrected by our guests potentially, (laughs) but but that's how I understand it. Uh, Just a little plug. Actually, we had a bunch of political election related memes up on our Instagram uh, if you want to check those out. Some pretty good stuff there, I have to say. Um, good job the team who came up with that. Uh, but let us know what's your favourite political meme. You can call us, double seven double three two nine hundred, WhatsApp or send us a voice note, 018-789-8899 Tweet us at BFM Radio After this, we'll be speaking with Farhan Shahmi Abdullah, who is an independent scholar and media literacy advocate. So keep it here on the Evening Edition BFM 89.9 Break from mediocrity. BFM 89.9. It's 5.13. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila, Lynn and Sharad. And we're talking about political memes and asking you, what's your favourite? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, WhatsApp or voice notice 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now on the line is Farhan Shahmi Abdullah, who is an independent scholar and media literacy advocate. Farhan, good to have you with us. Hello, hi. So what interested you in studying political memes? All right, okay, thank you. Uh, hi, hi, everyone. My name is Farhan. I am a independent researcher who has spent about two to three years looking at political memes in Malaysia. So why I was interested was because me, myself, I am someone who has grown up consuming politics through memes because at, back then, um, when I was in high school, this was around 2000. Uh, 2013, 2014, uh, youth participation in uh, in politics is still rather quite low. The ones who are interested in politics will be a very uh, small circle. So back then, memes was a uh, was one of the ways by which I shared or discussed on certain events with the people that I know are interested in this sort of matter. Uh, but yeah, fast forward to 2018. Um, of course, uh, thankfully, youth participation in, in uh, politics have ever so increased. But also, the the platforms by which people are in, are uh, actively contributing in politics has also very, uh, diversified. So I was uh, part of a research with Project Dialogue in looking at how memes are being used in Malaysia and how advocates could use them to advocate for social issues uh, in Malaysia. Um, and from that point on, I, w- uh, I was involved with discussions on how to use memes as advocacy with a few civil society organizations, gave a few lectures on it. And recently, I have published a, um, I, I have uh, completed a dissertation on uh, political memes during COVID-19 in Malaysia and was invited by Esro Awani to uh, comment on the re- recent uh, shutdown of a a meta-based um, Malaysian troll farm that was spreading propaganda through memes. So how then would you describe the way we use memes in the political scene here in Malaysia and does it differ to how they're used abroad? Yes, thank you so much for that question. Um, so before I go on to the differences, I would like to pinpoint a few similarities. Firstly, 
memes, uh, specifically political memes, are normative methods for political, for political engagement. As you can see in memes, not all of them ne- necessarily need the pictures of political figures. Not, not all of them are pictures of Anwar, Azmin Ali, or Mohidin Yassin. Some of them, some of these political memes uh, could be in the form of maybe a SpongeBob meme just making fun of what's happening around uh, during COVID-19. Uh, some of it could be Rick and Morty giving uh, giving a few uh, uh, a few comments here and there, but was appropriated to respond to something that has happened in Malaysia. So again, at the end of the day, this is something that Malaysians and uh, everybody, pretty much quite a lot of countries across the globe, have been doing. But what I would be interested to highlight a difference in Malaysia is that. In the past, uh, when people were more concerned with crackdowns and sentiment uh, opposition to the government, when the government was a lot more, um, perhaps to say a bit trigger-happy in, in shutting down uh, sentiments that were against the government, memes were an important factor to helping spread certain sentiments that, that circumvent these concerns. Uh, why that's the case is because memes are a little bit difficult for, for censorship uh, apparatuses to, to look into because they have certain contexts that could only be interpreted through uh, cultural understanding. Uh, of course, humour is a big factor in it too because um, not the machines and also sometimes uh, got, uh, censorship bodies can't really detect anything wrong or uh, oppositional in humour, but it's still there. It's very much there. So... Yeah, yeah, Farhan, I mean, I just say I'm shocked that you got on television before you got on radio. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, to be to be you know, to be absolutely serious, you you mentioned learning from memes, and I, I'm, it's for me shocking because to think about memes as a as a vehicle for learning only because they're mm-hmm. so flat. I can't imagine much information or much more than just sentiment or a trigger for a chuckle uh, happens through a meme. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, so I would say that. While certainly a, a concern with um, having issues be, be put down or um, or watered down into certain phrases just for just for the last could be oversimplifying a few a few matters. But at the end of the day, what memes help is to highlight certain sentiments. Certainly, memes do not necessarily uh, encompass. Uh, the, the whole situation in its entirety, but memes help for a very quick response, uh, a very sentimental response to certain events. Like for example, let's say uh, during the first during the first uh, darurat during uh, COVID nineteen, a lot of people were actually unhappy with that, uh, with with how and when that happened. So uh, there were certain memes that come out that that were amplifying certain narratives of, okay, I have to be stuck at home again. Oh, no, I have to, uh, I have to not go out. So these, are these little, little sentiments that are pieced together in a very humorous but still normative way, uh, it uh, adds itself into bigger uh, conversations on the matter. So, of course, on, on Twitter, on, on Instagram, uh, on on Facebook, the same sort of sentiments could be seen, and memes were part and parcel of amplifying those voices. Farhan, 
I have to ask, what's your favorite political meme that you've been seeing recently or what have you been sharing or using? Uh, well, currently I'm not sharing too much because I'm more of a, I'm more of a reader of memes. I just like to consume them while waiting for the bus or while waiting for, well, before sleeping. So currently what I've been looking to and, and that's been giving me a lot of chuckles is uh, I is the use of the candidacy uh, um, the candidacy posters and just plastering uh, random uh, figures' faces. Like, for example, there's one that I just saw that, that they put Lokman Podolsky uh, as the, the next prime minister candidate. Uh, there's also one that was uh, quite jestful about how Tunku Abdul Rahman uh, our our past prime minister will make a recurrence and become and become uh, a, a next candidate for for uh, uh, to be prime minister. A lot of these are of course uh, quite jestily, but there is a little bit of social commentary that we can uh, that we can distill from this jest, and that is how currently a lot of young people are a bit jaded about the whole um, political process. At the end of the day, the people that they are voting for or the people that put their faces in these posters tend to be, um, tend to not, uh, perhaps tend to not meet the expectations that's being set by by people. So at the end of the day, these um, memes could also potentially signal a, a, a general jadedness of people in the, uh, in the young voter age, and it shows how, at the end of the day, um, they are more critical and they know exactly what they want. So, what makes a meme effective? I mean, why do some go viral and not others? All right, so certainly there's a lot of factors at play. Uh, on the top of my head, I could say timeliness, uh, which is also why uh, memes are uh, important vectors of. Uh, looking at certain normative sentiments to specific events because memes are so easy to create. It, it doesn't really take the same amount of effort. Like, say, if you wanted to make a talk piece at DFM, uh, you, 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 have a, you have a lot more research that goes into it. But as far as, as memes go, it's quite timely in a sense that if you feel... Uh, uh, if you feel a certain way about a certain event, at that point in time, you can literally just put up Photoshop or a meme creation software and just put your thoughts into uh, a visual form. So timeliness is one. When it resonates with a lot of people, again, uh, memes are quite democratic because uh, at the end of the day, no one party controls memes. It's always a conversation. It's always a dialogue between different meme creators who want to pick up that format or pick up that sentiment and um, if the the uh, sentiment is something that people uh, feel strongly about or, or resonate with, that's when the meme gets shared, that's where the meme gets replicated, that's where people create the meme uh, re- du- duplicate it and give their own content or, or interest. So at the end of the day it's all, it's, it ties down to timeliness and how much uh, how how many people it could resonate with.
So how far are you suggesting it's actually quite a complicated matter? And yet people put money, I imagine, uh, behind and politicians, uh, you know, might pay somebody to de- uh, to mm. develop memes that promote their agenda. I mean, is it a, mm. w- is it wasted um, uh, in investment? What are the returns on, on something like a meme factory? Okay, interesting. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say it's wasted investment to say. I would... I would say the fact that any politician are interested in, in of course, uh, memes are uh, something that is being put around quite a lot in our political sphere. Um, memes in, in form of pictures, but also memes in form of TikToks and videos. A lot of money uh, is being put on uh, TikTok creators and, and, uh, and politicians want to be in on that race. But I, I would say that at the end of the day, what makes the meme successful is a uh, an appeal of authenticity to 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 seem like this is something from the general masses. Therefore, not all uh, not all of the politicians who put their money into memes or TikToks uh, find success. But the ones who have found the secret sauce, the secret formula of authenticity, uh, were able to uh, leverage it uh, quite perfectly. Um, enter into the ring, Najib Raza, and and the memes that has that that, uh, that has been uh, involving him. So he was able to understand this necessity and how to encapsulate it. He used uh, things that were able to resonate with a lot of people: super ring, motorcycles, lepak culture, expertly curated to be appealing to the masses. And at the end of the day, um, while there is a, of course. Uh, this is the sort of uh, interest or the appeal of authority, uh, sorry, uh, the appeal of authenticity that if politicians were able to see, could actually show how these um, investments were quite worth it. Uh, Sadiq is doing it quite well, but of course, I would say not as well as Najib Razak. But at the end of the day, memes um, should be seen as something that is democratic. If it's not something that seems to be from the people, majority of the time, it will be pushed away. So this GE, of course, will be seeing a new, younger demographic of voters. And memes, of course, are often viewed as being targeted towards younger people. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate, though, or do they have a wider appeal? I would say um, yes and maybe. Because currently, there is a bit of a slowdown in, uh, in the volume of memes. Uh, I, 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 post, I saw that in the, the previous uh, GE14 2018, the memes were a lot more, uh, were a lot more vibrant. It was a lot more forward because there was a general narrative to go behind. There was a fight of good and evil. There was a fight between one party versus another party. There was a solid. There were solid stakes here that were built upon by memes. And I remember specifically there's this one meme about how Mohidin was. Uh, sorry, uh, Mahadir, Tun Mahadir was holding Thanos' Infinity Glove, which has all of the um, all of the stones necessary to to uh, snap away the previous government. Um, so there was a clear narrative that a lot of the meme makers were trying to uh, were trying to capitalize on. But currently, I find it quite interesting that the volume is not as much, or maybe not much yet as GE14. Um, what I could surmise is because the ones that I am seeing currently 
uh, memes that are specifically about the election, about the timing of the election, about the the banality and the 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 sanctus, uh, the the problems of it all. But none of them are necessarily having any clear-cut narratives. Sure, there are memes that make fun of specific political figures uh, on their own. There's there's some that make fun of Azmin. There's some of, that make fun of Anwar. There's some making fun of Mahathir still being in, still trying to come back into politics. But uh, but the lack of volume could actually attest to how currently a lot of voters are trying to reserve their judgments and see how the the multifaceted political arena that we're seeing right now will play out. Because it's no longer just a two-party system. It's no longer just one party versus another. They are looking at at least three, four, five different coalitions competing for the same area. So I would assume, uh, or rather this is, this is an observation that I'm making currently, is that right now the volume is yet to pick up. It's, they are going to look at um, how the elections play out and they're going to look at how different parties are uh, establishing their, their narratives. Farhan, thanks for speaking with us today. Thank you so much. That was Farhan Shahmi Abdullah, independent scholar and media literacy advocate. And we've been talking about political memes. Let us know what are your favorite political memes. You can uh, call us double seven double three two nine hundred, WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Send us a voice note there or tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.